0: Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report, episode number 10, recording on the morning of December 13th, 2018, from here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Today, uh, recording this in the living room, um, I thought everyone else would be asleep in the house. But I can hear Oliver stirring and talking to himself, which is very unusual because it's before 7 a.m. And he usually doesn't wake up. We have to wake him up at 7.40 to get him up. So I don't know why he's awake. Hopefully he'll fall back asleep. But this may only be an attempt to get this podcast in. So anyway, I guess we'll get on with it. Um welcome. It's been one week since episode nine. Um the big news since episode nine is basically that I got to get out of town for a night. So last Friday I took the day off. Speaking of days off, I have a with the way um our company works, if you don't use your your days off, your vacation days, your personal days Um, before the end of the year, they don't carry over. So you just lose them. And you know, all these days are part of your compensation. So you should really use them because they're yours to use. And also they'll help you keep your sanity. So I'd been saving them up because I thought we were going to go on a big extended family vacation the week of Christmas. And it turns out that fell through. So Now, instead of using all those full days that week, I'm only going to use half days so I can kind of keep an eye on my most of my day to day activities and not really have to ask anyone else to cover in any sense. So what that means also is I have all these other extra days. And um, so I've been using them. So anyway, one of those days was Friday and um, I took the day off to go to Hudson. So um. My friends, The National, were playing um, a benefit up there for Hudson Valley Planned Parenthood, a rally in the valley, they call it. So I decided to go up. So it was at a small venue. Well, first, let me talk about that day, which is a great day off. So I took took Oliver to school, which I do every day anyway, but then I stayed and just hung out a bit and watched him in class, and then I went off to uh, the East One coffee shop in the neighborhood ran into my old friend Nate Martinez and his baby and we hung out for a bit and then took the F train to uh Penn Station and I got on the Amtrak and so if you've ever taken the Amtrak train all the way up the Hudson Valley, you know how beautiful it is. If you get a seat, especially on the left side of the train. And you just go up the river the entire time. The um, the track hugs the river. And of course it's gorgeous. So first you go under the GWB, George Washington Bridge, and then under the new Tappan Zee Bridge and old one. So I got to see the new Tappan Zee Bridge for the first time. Um, and it looks great. Um, and then under all the other bridges, which I can't remember their names, there's the... Um, uh, what are they called the Rhinecliff Bridge is one the Rip Van Winkle Bridge is one um, and there's a couple of others anyway and the sun was shining and you go past Bear Mountain and you go past West Point and it cuts the river curves and anyway it's gorgeous so you bring books and stuff to read but you end up just staring out the window because it's so beautiful so anyway, finally get to Hudson. It's about a two-hour train ride exactly. Um, the station is on the river, and the town extends eastward in a sort of like rectangular shape from the train station and the river. So I got off the train. I just had my backpack just for one night, walked up to Warren Street, which is the main drag kind of then turned right and walked east on Warren, and it builds and builds, and finally you sort of get to the center of the long Warren Warren Strip, and you see the Hudson Opera House, which um, is basically sort of an art space gallery thing on the ground floor. And then upstairs is this performance room, which seems like it has a capacity of about 500, if it were a venue, which it was that night. I would compare it best to the Bowery Ballroom, that's exactly what it looked like, felt like, maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit wider. Um, and it also had big windows, which were open during soundcheck, which was kind of cool. So get to see a lot of sunlight. I think they have, like, weddings and stuff in this room, too. Um, so I showed up and just got to watch soundcheck for a bit, catch up with friends, and um, have a bite to eat, and got to especially watch the uh, two guests they had um, rehearse with them. One was Gail Ann Dorsey, um, who is best known for being David Bowie's bassist for quite a lot of the latter part of his career, including like, I think, you know, all the way up to the end. And she is, I think, a Hudson Valley resident, and she sounded great. And then the guitarist was... Kaki King, who's a well known guitarist, she played her own set and also sat in on the song Wasp Nest. She was playing Lap um oh um uh Gail and Dorsey sang on Sorrow and I Need my Girl anyway, so it was fun to watch those guys all play and like I say, catch up with friends so afterwards we had sound check ended around four and had a couple of hours to kill till dinner. So we drove um, out to Long Pond, which is the national studio, which is the building on pictured on the cover of Sleep Well Beast, and just hung out there. And I hadn't been there in like a year or so. Um, it's just such a great place. Um, just a beautiful live studio room, which takes up most of that building, and just a nice, nice place to hang. So just went back, hung out there, sat on the couch. Enjoyed the country air, um, had some threes beer because they had one of those, they had a threes beer in the fridge and they, it was one of those um, uh, like Cabernet Sauvignon barrel oak, barrel brewed something beers. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was so good. I mean, it just sounded, it tasted exquisite. And then I um, yeah, drove back to town, had dinner, uh, hung out at... My favorite hotel in Hudson, which is also the only hotel I know, the only one I've ever stayed at, actual hotel, Rivertown Lodge, which I highly recommend as a fun bar to go to, and also stay. The rooms are really neat. And the owner's really nice. Um, He's friends with one of the national guys, and we met him during when we were recording um, Day of the Dead years ago in Woodstock. He would come hang. Anyway... um, so then we went to the show. The show was awesome. It was, um, since it was a benefit, uh, the band played like a shortened set. It was like an hour, but it had a lot of the, um, you know, quote unquote hits. And um, it's really interesting. The venue, like I said, probably six or 700 cap, but they, they legally cap it. Uh oh, here comes Oliver. I might have to pause. Let's see, is he coming? The door opened. He opened the door. I'll be right back. Okay. Interesting. He opened it and then closed it. So hopefully this will be good. We'll keep going. Anyway, uh, played an hour set. Oh yeah. So it's capacity of like, I'd say five or six hundred, but I guess due to a fire code, they only, they cap it at three fifty or something. So there was more than enough, (laughs) a lot of elbow room in there. So it was weird. It seemed undersold, but it turned out it was a very sold out, um, it sold out very quickly, but it was just a lot of space in there, which is fine. I w- w- enjoyed the show from many vantage points in the room, went w- way up front, watched for a bit, stood way at the back, watched for a bit, um, just fun. After the show, had some like more drinks, a little after party, had a slice of pizza, um, went back to the studio and crashed and that was very nice and then so the next morning so I slept in this room where it's kind of almost all windows and the sun was coming in woke up at like eight just out in the country which is really nice and different from my usual waking up you know in the urban metropolis so went outside for a minute very brisk as you would imagine um woke up, hung out, had a banana, cliff bar, water, talked to some of the some of the guys, and then got in the car. So I got I drove back to Brooklyn with um my friend Scott. And first thing we wanted to do was get breakfast. So we ended up going to this place he's been obsessed with. Never gone in called uh this diner. What was it called? Bob's and it's outside of Hudson, not in the town proper. And it is an old school diner, and it's cheap, like everything on the menu was like four seventy five you know, but it wasn't that great, and it took a long time, so sometimes these dive hole in the walls aren't awesome it's funny we were when we came in, the only place to sit was at this one of this sort of like final table in the middle, but then later, before our food arrived, they moved us so they could seat a larger party as part of the bigger table, and it was six. Hunters dressed in full camouflage, I don't know if they were enjoying a post hunt breakfast or a pre hunt energy session, but anyway, that should sort of paint a picture um so wouldn't exactly recommend Bob, but I guess I was happy to try it after that just drove to Brooklyn. Anyone that's ever driven back to New York City knows that it's so nice to just kind of drive down, but once you get to the city, it's just annoying. Your, your travel time is doubled just traveling within the city, especially if you're coming from the north. If you live in Brooklyn like I do and you come down, any of the ways are just like log jammed like West Side Highway or the Harlem River Drive in the FDR or the Triborough Bridge down the BQE. Anyway, we did the BQE. That's what Google told us to do. They cha- Google Google Maps changed its mind basically about a minute before we got on the George Washington Bridge. So we accepted the new route and went down the BQE, which still sort of stunk. But boy, when, when the new Cush Shoes Go Bridge span opens in two years or whatever that is, that's really going to um, help matters a bit. And I'm curious to see because like, you know, the on-ramp from the LIE to the BQE South is always crowded. And I mean, it's like, I've been on it at three in the morning and there's still a jam. So there's going to, they're going to have to address sort of the very matter of just even like that merging and also the curving road and, you know, reduce mile per hour, reduce speed limit that drivers from the LIE have to um follow. But Either way, the doubled span should help matters a lot on that stretch because it always stretches. If you're going north, it always stretches back all the way through Williamsburg. If you're going south, it stretches way up into, like, Woodside almost or whatever, Rego Park. Um. So anyway, got to drive back, and then Saturday was a busy day here. I walk into my apartment, and my not only is my wife and son there, but my nieces are there because upstairs... My brother and sister-in-law were preparing for their annual holiday party, which starts in the late afternoon So that was a fun time And then my Close friend drew whose wedding. I went to in vermont back in the summer He and his wife jen were hosting their annual party So went down there after my family holiday party that was down in dumbo Always a great time, but boy was I exhausted by whenever it was, one one in the morning when I came home, just 36 hours of really enjoying myself, and that caught up with me, so Sunday took it easy, Oliver and I just went to our usual lunch spot, um, and that was it, I can hear him talking in there, so he's totally awake, anyway. Well, at least I got the bulk of the life report out of the way. So books, I'm still reading, if you can believe, the How Music Works by David Byrne book. And I'm still reading it because it's so dense with information that you don't really skim through it or you can't even really read it fast in the way you can read like a novel. You sort of have to process what he's saying, slow down. Um, A lot of times absorb the numbers he's throwing at you and then think about what he's Think about the background he's sort of illuminating, and then think about what the the issue he's presenting. It's fantastic, but yeah, it takes a long time to read. But also, I my book my copy is about five years old, and or no, four years old because I bought it at book court right before book court closed, so it's maybe <clears throat> three years old. I know they've come out with a new edition since then. I think I mentioned that, but anyway, I really um, sort of felt. Like maybe I was reading an old edition when he was talking about streaming, when Pandora sort of was the focus of his streaming rant and not Spotify. But maybe I'll try and borrow or go to the bookstore and just read <laughs> the um, the few pages that have probably been added. But anyway, one thing struck with me I read recently, which is about how... Um, Sometimes the point of art isn't to be a full time artist um, because you are compromised in many ways. You have you you can devote all your time to it, but also you are compromised in many ways financially. For example, if you have a standard recording contract, uh, the recording company is going to have own a lot of your stuff and you know be just, be receiving a lot of your money. Whereas if you do it all yourself, um, if you can afford to. Cover upfront costs, you know, it's yours. And one way you can afford to cover upfront costs is to have a normal day job. And Charles Ives, the composer, famously did that. He worked for an insurance company in Connecticut, which is, I guess, what you do in Connecticut. Um, my friend Nancy on social media this week coincidentally posted about how, like, T.S. Eliot also worked for Lloyd's of London, and even when you could afford. To not have that steady income and just work on his poetry, he chose to do it so he could just sort of live life and have have experiences from which to draw on. And as for me, I spent a few years sort of trying to make it in the music business, and it didn't work for various reasons. In retrospect, I can see some reasons why it didn't work for me personally, but also it never would have amounted to too much, probably, at least what I was trying to do. So... I went back to having a day job when my son was born, and I still do things, obviously, on a reduced level, but I do feel like the art I'm doing is actual art. I'm just doing stuff because I find it fulfilling, and I've done some great things, been lucky enough to be part of some great things, but I've also held down my job, and it does seem like a fulfilling life. There's value to be had in compartmentalizing these things. I have my work. I have my family. I have my pursuits, um, interesting to think about like art versus commerce and sometimes keeping them separate, at least in terms of the way you approach and attack them is interesting. So I have about 50 pages left in how music works. I'm sure I'll be done by the weekend. Maybe I have another day off coming, I think tomorrow, and maybe I'll just try and finish it then. So... And after that, I don't know. I was in the bookstore today for a few minutes before I had to go pick up Oliver and I was looking at some books. And there's so many books out there I'd like to read. I thumbed through the Jeff Tweedy uh, memoir, which is getting rave reviews. I looked through the new Curtis Sittenfeld collection. I've never read any of her stuff, but I'd like to because she's from Cincinnati and sort of went to some of the same school, a school in the same orbit as my school from Cincinnati. So I'd like to read her stuff. I hear Oliver making a lot of noise. I think he's going to wake up. Um, Anyway, so that's what's next. Maybe I'll, I think I'm going to put off the Canal guard, my struggle book two for a while. Um, And music, music this week. I didn't listen to too much music except Miles Davis. That's all I was listening to. Um, Columbia Records or Sony Legacy or whatever it's called now puts out bootleg series. Um, releases for Miles Davis like they do for Bob Dylan famously Bob Dylan's up to number 13 or 14 the latest More Blood More Tracks was like 13 or 14 that's also very good by the way um, yeah speaking of the Dylan one I haven't bought the single CD yet but I've listened to the sampler of course and my friend also bought the whole big deluxe set and he ripped it and so I got to listen to the files and I've listened to the whole thing it's amazing anyway so Miles Davis is up to six uh um, like editions of the bootleg series the most recent one i have some on cd thanks to my friend drew um but the most recent one i haven't gotten yet but it's the final tour with john coltrane so it's like early 60s and it's just beautiful stuff it's like oh this alarm's holding going on hold on let me turn that off done. All right, so yeah, it's the early 60s, Miles Davis, so who's in the band? Um, Jimmy Cobb, I think, Paul Chambers, Coltrane, um, is it Bill Evans? I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, so it's before Herbie Hancock, Before right before Tony Williams joined. It's sort of like the final sort of like cool Miles Davis, you know, that fifties cool vibe, um, before he sort of branched out into those other quintets, um, which then by the late sixties, late 69, he turned into full bitches brew mode. So like the majority of the sixties, which is, I'd say my favorite miles, well, early sixties, my favorite miles, but, um, it's just like incredible music. Like some of the best music ever made. Anyway, it's, If you look for it on your streaming service, um, it's Bootleg Series Volume 6 The Final Tour. It has big red letters. It's very good-looking artwork. Big red letters, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Final Tour. And it reminds me, I'm going to pick that up for myself, the CD, because I still like CDs, especially nice special edition boxes. Um, Other than that, I'm going to wonder if I have time to go for a run. I probably do now. I'm going to try and get that in. And um, that might be it for the Conrad Life Report. Do I have any big plans this weekend? Nothing? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, Bourbon Brothers meet up tonight. First one in like six months. I'll let you know about that next week. Looking forward to seeing Pete and Matt and the dudes. Um, dinner with old friends Zawatskis and Tuckers tomorrow night in midtown and then saturdays my my friend eric's annual swedish meatball holiday fair so many parties this time of year um oh and shout out to my colleague remy who um noted that i would have time to do it this week because i had a day off and i didn't do it on the day off but i'm doing it early this morning so Cool. Uh, I think that's it for the Conrad Life Report. No intro or outro music because I was trying to get this in very early in the morning. But just, you know, imagine some Miles Davis as being the outro music. And I will see you all here hopefully next week. This has been the Conrad Life Report this week in uh, 5 over 4 compound time in the key of D sharp.